Francis Gargani, Redemptors from our Washington, D.C. Provincial House, here with you once again, finally on my assigned new correct fifth day of the month. Today, we Redemptors remember Francis Salos, one of our confreres who was just a loving, gentle, and very compassionate priest who died serving people from the yellow fever that was raging through New Orleans. We'll reflect together on the sacred scripture, today's gospel, nevertheless, from Luke chapter 11, verses one through four, because it once again invites us to encounter God's revelation through the stunning few phrases Jesus offers when asked by his disciples how to pray. And certainly was the prayer that Francis Salus not only prayed many times a day, but he lived. Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, give us each day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone in debt to us, and do not subject us to the final test. Abba is the word in the Aramaic original language of the Gospels, and we know it is an invitation to incredible intimacy with God. One of the first words uttered by a child, the babbling sounds of babies, actually. Abba invites us into a relationship with God that so many of us still have yet to allow to flourish. But it certainly is not a relationship of casualness, of indifference, or one taken for granted. We're invited to hallow God's name, that is, to reverence it in such a way that it automatically fills us with awe and loving affection. Many of us were instructed in our early training not to take God's name in vain, but I think it matters less if we sometimes do use God's name in expressions of frustration or anger than never really just treasuring God's name letting God know what a difference it makes to us to love, to cherish God. How can we pray your kingdom come and not commit ourselves in our own regular lives to trying to make a difference for others, especially those who've been pushed to the margins of society and are easily forgotten, made to feel worthless and abandoned, in God's kingdom, everyone has a rightful place at the banquet table of life and love. Everyone and everything. So this powerful phrase recommits us every time to restore God's gift of creation, to advocate for its healing and renewal. Some of us Catholics pray, give us each day our daily bread as a prayer of desire for the Eucharist which is all well and good, and not a bad extension of the original meaning of this petition. 
But we don't want to miss the challenge of these few short words. God, just give us what is necessary for the day. That pretty much smacks up against our whole way of living in our highly consumerist society and our overconsumption of the Earth's resources. It is one of the great challenges of our modern age if we're going to save our planet from annihilation, the challenge of how to just live simply so others can simply live. I continue to be in amazement how in one short phrase almost the whole rule of living the spiritual life is captured. Forgive us our sins, for we forgive everyone in debt to us. If we daily allow ourselves to encounter God's ever-life-giving mercy, revealed for us in Christ's dying and rising, how can we not but rejoice in being in debt to God? It seems to me believing in the Paschal Passover mystery does make all the difference in how we conduct our lives. If we pray with the desire to become the reality we pray, then prayer can be what it's intended to be, a force of energy and light. Even if we, we, we reflect with God, I'm just not ready to forgive her or him, but I am open to your spirit who can form even me into a more supple vessel of your healing grace. We're clearly not making a mockery of prayer. And how can we pray this radical plea and not only welcome it to convert our relationships, but also to lead us to convert relationships with other nations? How can we pray these words and not be committed to peacemaking within our own nation and between all nations? How can we pray these words and not promote prison reform or not give up the struggle to eliminate nuclear and all weapons of mass destruction? Whether the community of Luke that treasured the memory of Christ's words in this prayer were deeply aware of regularly falling short in living the challenge of this iconic prayer, subject us not to the test, or were just expressing their humility knowing their weakness before the devil, who's always ready to test us, to expose our failings and to discourage us, and words to convince us that we are not loved by God. I'm not sure, but I do know that the more we allow this prayer to bind us to God and to each and all others and to all creation, the more we breathe the very oxygen of the Holy Spirit, the breath of solidarity and unity, then together we can with arms and hearts interlocked withstand the assaults of the one who hates to see us live and pray, Abba. Amen.